Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to our program. It's live. I didn't even get the music chance to play down, did I? This is a a weekend live program. Not a lot of those out there, so we're glad to have you tuned. I hope you'll uh, consider giving me a call. This is a lawn and garden program done across the state of Texas. We have about 30 stations that carry this program. I've been doing it about 35 years, and we broadcast from Amarillo to Corpus Christi. That's a fun challenge this time of year. From Alpine to uh, Crockett and College Station, Bryan College Station, that's uh, that's quite a diverse part of uh, Texas and a lot of stations in between. I love doing this program, so if you can hear me, you can call me toll-free right now. Jared Taylor is running the boards, and more importantly for you, he's answering the phones. Don't believe me? Give a call, 888-256-1080. It'll be answered. Unless your station carries this in delay, uh, it's a little after 11 right now, so there's your proof. I don't think we have any stations carrying us in delay, so I'll just call that bluff. 888-256-1080. Give me a call right now. I look forward to talking to you. We can talk about things you do in January to get ready for the spring gardening season, which is at hand, I might add. It's time for planting things like uh, onions and snap-type English peas and asparagus, and it's soon, and in South Texas is time to plant um, things such as uh, cabbage and broccoli, Brussels sprouts, I'm talking about deep South Texas now, Uh, Brussels sprouts, uh, also Irish potatoes. Uh, They travel two or three or four weeks ahead of most of the rest of the state, and uh, Central Texas, those times will come up in uh, mid-February. So uh, anyway, there you go. It's time to transplant your trees and shrubs if you have any that need to be moved because something's about to happen in your landscape, maybe uh, expansion of a room or need to widen a driveway or maybe you're just tired of looking at something or it's grown too tall. Those are all reasons that you might want to transplant something. Maybe you're bringing something in out of nature. I've done a lot of that in my life where you see a really pretty uh, uh, small sapling and and, uh, you have permission to dig it and bring it to your landscape. Uh, maybe it's a nice oak tree or an eastern red cedar that you want as a privacy screen. You get permission from the landowner. They say, oh, I don't need that. I don't really want it. Go ahead and dig it. It's all yours. And uh, Or you buy it from them. Uh, those are all reasons that uh, there are things, lots of things to be done in January. We typically think of January as a downtime in the garden, and it really is not. It's a prime time for pruning. I'll save those things. We can talk about them if we have time. So, But in the meanwhile... Please pick up that phone and give us a call. All the lines are empty right now. I have four lines and would love to see all of them filled. It's toll-free anywhere you can hear me, any of those 30 markets, 888-256-1080. Some of those uh, stations carry us by live streaming, and so goodness knows, likely to be heard almost anywhere in this day and age, 888-256-1080. I'll begin my program with our first break by telling you about an offer from my uh, book. It's Niels Ferry's Lone Star Gardening, and I'd love to get a copy of my book to you. It might be the only gardening reference book that you'll need to be successful right here in Texas or southern Oklahoma. It's a hardback, 344 pages, 840 of my photos. Yes, if you're... uh, broadcast station is right beside a fire station you're going to hear sirens once in a while i don't know if you can pick that up but just in case it's not not at your end 
uh, hardback, 344 pages, 840 of my photos, and it's printed right here in Texas. All of that uh, because I self-published and I determined that I wanted to have it printed in Texas. Didn't want it printed in China. That wouldn't look good for a book that says Lone Star Gardening on its cover. In the 11 chapters, I cover lawns, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, fruit, vegetables. I have a chapter on the basics of gardening in Texas. I have an entire chapter, which is a calendar, a calendar in text, in words, not uh, not a grid that tells you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of the plants in your landscape and garden for every county in the state of Texas. Now, for a limited time, I have reduced the price of my book to just $36.95 to help in these economic times, and uh, hopefully that will be a, a value to you. Your satisfaction with the book is guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny. I think the book will pay for itself for you by the end of this spring growing season. If it doesn't, I'll refund every penny. I sign every copy as it sells. They're uh, in my garage right now, and uh, I take more. I take delivery from the the printer uh, as I need them, and put them right in the garage, and I sign them and take them to the post office myself on Tuesdays. And so I'd love to uh, take one for you. And the book is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. You buy it directly from my office or directly from my website. So order it right now while the price is still just $36.95. The better way is the website, but you can certainly call the office Monday through Friday, business hours. That's 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, as I mentioned, is to order it at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. Dot com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. The 1930s were difficult times for America. Our country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce then. Hopes remained high, however, because it was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now here we are more than 90 years later, and the Mueller name has become known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products... Mueller understands what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in Texas. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rains, the hail and snowstorms of North Texas for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's been made by Mueller. M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Visit MuellerInc.com. Learn more. Find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by one of their 33 locations. That's Mueller. They're made in America, and they're made to last. Mueller, Inc., Dot com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Kelly Robinson there. Kelly and I have been, as I've told you many times, been friends for a long, long time. Appreciate that. If you'd like to call, I'm going to re, uh, uh, restate that number. We have a couple of calls ahead of you, but that won't take very long. It's 888 256 
888-256-1080. Call right now, 888-256-1080. Gene is in Sinton. Gene, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you? Good morning. Well, I called last year, and you told me about crepe myrtles to use time-relief fertilizer. I remember that. And after you were talking, I have your book. That would have, that, that would have been not as much fun. <laughs> uh, what about pruning and anything else we need to do to crepe myrtles now? All right. What uh, type of crepe myrtle do you have? Do you remember the variety? I have some natchez. Uh, and then I have some that were supposed to be, but I got a pink and a white in the pot. So I have no idea about the pink ones. You know, when they take the cuttings, uh, they often will uh, do a, a bunch of hundreds, thousands of cuttings in a day. And sometimes oh, yeah. nurserymen, sometimes nurserymen to get a clump of crepe myrtles will will put uh, three cuttings in the same pot and grow them on. And that's where those mixes occur. We planted several thousand crepe myrtles in the medians in the city of McKinney. And uh, probably of the several thousand, probably 20 or 25 of them had the, the combo like you're talking about. And that's just a, well, a mix a mix that happens I, early. I bought three that had combos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I bought uh, years ago, 40 years ago, I bought five single trunk crepe myrtles that were supposed to be Glendora whites and only one turned out white. So it yep. happens. It does happen. Um, as far as pruning is concerned, Gene, uh, well, first of all, let me tell you, if, if you don't want the off colors, you need to get them out because one of yeah. them will, will become the dominant uh, plant. It'll be bigger than the others and will overwhelm the others. And they won't bloom at the same time. It'll just be a mess. And so you need to take the others out and and uh, and train the color you want to uh, to to send up new shoots and and become the extra trunks if you want multiple trunk. Uh, uh, no, I'm I'm getting I, I've got, I've come to love them. So okay, yeah. all right, well that that works. And and I was going to say also for anybody who's listening who needs to transplant a crepe myrtle that needs to be done now during the dormant season. Um, I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, go out on a limb with people listening now by saying something that is a is a mission of mine for my whole career. Uh, very little pruning is needed for crepe myrtles, other than to remove the bottom shoots if you're trying to form a, yeah, a, well, a tree from that. it. Yeah, and and very little else is needed. Um, I have crepe myrtles that I've had for 40 years in my landscape, and I have never once taken anything higher than my head off the off the tops of those crepe myrtles. Well, these people, are hitting the house. These are people, some of these are hitting the house, so I need to people, get that off. Well, all right, take take branches off, but make every cut mm-hmm. that you make flush with another, uh, with the trunk or with another branch. Hear me okay. very carefully, because this is the this is the most important message I give on crepe myrtles. They must never be topped and left with stuff. Oh Lord, no, no, yeah. that is ugly. Because as soon as you do that, you get vigorous shoots that come back like a tuning fork and they it ruins the shape of the crepe myrtle forever tell that to the state of texas i'm trying i've tried for 45 <laughs> years now 50 years i've tried we're making yeah. progress it's just that a lot of people don't listen or, or they uh, scoff at it but but uh, anyway never understood when they're out in the middle of nowhere and you top them it just doesn't make sense no you know i've taken the counter uh, uh, uh the counter uh thought and that is well if topping such a great idea for crepe myrtles why don't we top all of our trees and and people would shriek you know they'd say well that's just absolutely stupid I said, well okay then 
what's so smart about topping crepe myrtles? <laughs> but I'm afraid to try that. <laughs> because you send somebody out to do it that doesn't know what they're doing. They would do it. They would do it. Yep, that's exactly yep. right. So, uh, so very little pruning will be needed other than to okay. remove a branch or two where it's where right it's in the house. Yeah. When do we start fertilizing? Uh, about the time they break their first buds, and and as far south as you are, that's going to be they're they're one of the last things to bud out. But still, as far south as you are, yeah. I'm guessing probably in late March. Okay. You, well, I sure, I sure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, well, it's good to hear from well, you. My, good luck my with lady, my lady Banksy Rose has already put out like crazy. Fabulous. That's a lovely yeah. rose. You know that's yeah, been in that's been in Texas landscapes. Since before the Alamo. Did you know that? Uh, I think I read something about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Always good to hear from you, Gene. Have a great day. Thanks for the call. All right. Jeff and McKinney, stay with me. That's where I am. I'm Neil and McKinney right now as I broadcast. In fact, stay with me, and I'll be with you. Let me get this break done, and and I'll come right to you, Jeff. Folks, we have open lines. If you'd like to call right now, it's 888 Two five six ten eighty. The Texas Lawn and Garden Hour live right now. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty. If Jeff wants to see crepe myrtles that have been butchered this week, he can go on Eldorado Parkway, one block east of Central Expressway. They didn't finish the job last week. They got them finished this week, unfortunately. But we're trying to get that message out. Niels Ferry's eGardens is back, and it's, uh, it's, well, it's never gone anywhere. I uh, changed it. This is an old piece of ad copy I have here. I'll just do it ad lib. Uh, Niels Ferry's eGardens is my free electronic uh, newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email. comes every Thursday, a little after 6 p.m., and uh, it uh, is free and always will be free. The reason I said that when I, I brought uh, eGardens uh, to the weekly basis is it's better because uh, we have shortened it from what it used to be when it was monthly. It had about uh, 12 or 15 stories, and it was uh, too long. And I said, you know what, I'd rather be uh, hard-hitting and, and, and punch it in once a week with five stories. One of them is a featured plant of the week. One of them is uh, the uh, gardening this week weekend feature where I can keep people really up to date on what needs to be done right now. I edit that part of it on Thursdays right before it goes out. I can pretty well tell what the featured plant of the week needs to be on Monday or Tuesday when I'm writing eGardens. Um, I do a lot of the writing Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere two or three days ahead. But that gardening this weekend, I am looking at the forecast and changing that one on Thursday. And uh, then I have a Q&A section that I do each week that uh, has been greatly expanded. It's just, it's really been fun to watch eGardens evolve. We have more than 80,000 subscribers. We'd love to have you included in that list. And I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody, nor will I ever spam you myself. I mean, there is there are no strings attached to eGardens. You get exactly what you're expecting. Neil Sperry's eGardens every Thursday, just a little after 6 p.m. Take a look at it on my website. See if you wouldn't like to have that come to your email every Thursday. Neil Sperry's eGardens. Go to N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Same place you go to buy my book. But click on the eGardens tab, you'll see the sign-up spot, and you'll also see the most recent example. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, Give me a call right now, please, 888-256-1080. 
888-256-1080. We go to Jeff and McKinney. Jeff, this is Neil. Good morning. Morning, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We're getting a nice rain shower here in Collin County as we speak. Bring it on. I'm I'm counting on it. That's great. I'll have to open the window and look out here. That's great. Um, let's talk Southern Magnolias. Okay. You've commonly recommended a smaller variety for suburban landscapes. Uh, yeah, suburban landscapes and commercial landscapes called Little Jim, which is a stunning tree. And then you've also recommended Teddy Bear. Mm-hmm. And most recently, I've heard you recommend a third one. Tell me about that. D.D. Blanchard is the third one, and it is uh, another of the somewhat smaller ones, smaller than the regular Southern Magnolia. But the thing that is so beautiful about D.D. Blanchard is the backsides of the leaves are bronze. They are beautiful bronze. Mm. And so when you look at it from 40 feet away, you see, and especially if there's any breeze at all, you see that that bronze uh, uh, reverse to the leaves, and it's so pretty. They're all three good, um, it, and and so you know it's a matter of which appeals to you the most. How big are the leaves on that on that DD Blanchard versus? Pretty much I know standard. Little... Pretty much standard okay. size. Okay, okay, and their and their their growth habits. Uh, it's it's a standard size. I can't remember. It's on. Uh, everybody else, tune out for a minute. I, I think it's on Colin McKinney Parkway. I think it's off Colin McKinney Parkway out west. There is just it's a street that butts into Colin McKinney Parkway, okay. uh, on the south side, way out west. Um, it's beyond Lake Forest, beyond Ridge. It may be Ridge somewhere out. I think it's Lake Forest. Um, if mm-hmm. I can, I know, I can, I I know can where get, you are. I know you're talking. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, it's in a median. There are about ten of them there, and they're just beautiful. Okay. But but you'll okay. see them around when you see that that bronze reverse to the leaves, copper color, just like gotcha. a shiny copper penny, and they are so pretty. Okay, good. Well, thanks for the tip on that. And it's being uh, used more and more often now. It's been around a good while, but it's being used more and more often. But but it's it's bigger than little gem, and and so I gotcha. and it looks bigger too. Well, when you're in need of calls, your closest friends sometimes call to help you out. <laughs> I appreciate that. Nice. Nice of you. Thanks. <laughs> you're the best. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. All right, folks, I'll tell you, the uh, the thing that I would uh, recommend to you the most would be uh, uh, to, to pay close attention to jobs that need to be done during January because there are some things that you do right now that uh, if you don't get them done right now, you don't get a second chance on them. And transplanting woody nursery stock, woody plants, landscape plants, is one of those. And uh, if you don't uh, transplant them in the winter, you try it during the spring or summer, and you're going to kill them for sure. It's uh, uh, comparatively very easy to transplant things now while they're dormant. That's the big secret. If you wait another three or four weeks with the weather being what it's been, uh, you're going to have some real problems trying to dig them and cut their roots, sever them, and uh, that will set them back dramatically. So I would very much recommend if you have uh, uh, things that are too close to the house or things where you're going to be doing uh, maybe a widening of a sidewalk or putting in a new patio and you have some shrubs that are salvageable, then dig them now and, and do that moving. If you, if you aren't ready to relocate them, 
uh, you're not sure exactly where you want uh, to put them, then uh, put them in large uh, nursery containers. You can save them that way. Just be sure that you water them immediately after you transplant them. Set them at the same depth at which they were growing and, and then get them watered because that water is the key to their survival. Uh, I'd like to prune plants uh, proportionate to the amount of roots that I leave behind, and that's usually going to be 30 or 40 percent. Um, the uh, other suggestion I have, let's, let's say you're going to have some foundation repairs done or, or some other major work, maybe, maybe as I mentioned early in the program, a, an expansion of a room, you're doing some remodeling, and uh, you need to uh, take some plants out that have been there for 20 years or 15 years. Those shrubs probably are not salvageable. Uh, by the time they have grown together uh, for a, a long period of time, they have become one in the landscape. You have uh, five or seven or ten shrubs growing together, and they're just they're they're all massed together, and it's going to be almost impossible to put them back in place so that they look like they did uh, when you started. Don't try. Don't frustrate yourself, and don't put them through that agony. It's much better just to go ahead and dig them out, replace them, buy some new nursery stock this spring, and uh, and start over. You'll you'll be years ahead in two years if you do that. Um, and a, a word to what the wise. I have been with a bunch of nurserymen and nursery suppliers this week, and. Um, it's going to be somewhat like it was a couple of years ago when nursery stock was so hard to find. Uh, the wholesale growers are catching up, especially on the smaller size plants. But there's a lot of re-landscaping going on where people are, are saying, well, that didn't make it through. I think I'm going to start over. And uh, in starting over, they are now uh, getting to a point where uh, they are uh, needing new nursery stock. Buy things that are really well adapted to your area. Don't just buy things that are bought it because it was available. Don't do that. Talk to your certified nursery professional and buy high-quality nursery stock that, that will do well for you. We have John and Bowie, and we'll go to him in just a moment. Let me get this break out of the way, and then we'll go to John. Uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book. I would like to describe a couple of uh, – I have more than 25 multi-page uh, charts in my book. And these charts are, are things that, well, in a couple of cases, they're actual posters that I had uh, available for sale prior to the book coming out. And uh, I'll, the 100 best annuals and 120 best perennials. And on those posters, I, I had, of course, the names of the plants, the, the uh, common names of the plants. And then I would identify whether they bloomed in the, uh, what, what season they bloomed in, what colors they came in, color-coded, how tall, how wide they grow, sun or shade, what parts of Texas uh, to which they're best adapted, uh, their, their growth habit, whether they're sprawling or, or trailing or upright, um, what problems they had, if any, um, just uh, any other features. I'm, I'm trying to think of other features that I had in those charts. And these charts are really extensive. The color selection thing is especially helpful. Let's say you're trying to do a, a garden party this summer, maybe a wedding in your backyard, and, and you need all the things that have white leaves or, or flowers. Well, there you go down and look for all the white 
plants. They're all shown in color coding. That's one of the charts. That's about a five or six page chart for perennials, another five, four or five pages for annuals. But there are 344 pages. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter two is a 48 page calendar, four pages per month of when you plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. People tell me that. That chapter alone pays for this book. And then chapters 3 through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, and then annuals and perennials, as I mentioned, uh, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. book has 840 of my photographs, and it's printed on high-quality paper. It is a hardback book. You would expect to pay $55 or more if you went into a, a bookstore, but it's not in bookstores, and it's not on Amazon. It's only available from my office or my website. And your satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny. 77000 sold so far, and no one has asked for a refund. I sign every copy as it sells the ways you buy it, the way the two ways you can buy it. You call my office Monday through Friday, weekdays, business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The other way you can order, the better way, is to do it right now at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. It is so much better than the old cowboy boot book. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. Thank you very much, Kelly. Kelly Robinson. We were just uh, chatting off air. Our, our grandson, Joseph, has come in second in a chess competition. He's a seventh grader, uh, UIL chess competition this morning. I think it's a, a warm-up, but... Uh, anyway, we're really proud of Joseph, and he composed his first classical um, piece for a, a string quartet uh, last night and brought it over for us to hear. He is a violinist in the orchestra in his middle school, and uh, my wife is on school board here in McKinney and has been for 39 years, and she has been the champion of fine arts. She is a music major from college, and uh, the fine arts program here is just incredible it's just it's absolutely beautiful just wonderful to go to those performances they uh, they've done wonderful things i'm going to brag on lynn just a little bit just a little bit forgive me for this if you go to my website and and read at neilspray.com and click on about neil you scroll down just a little ways you will see a chance to hit on a link from january 31 of 2019 we went to the uh, ribbon cutting of the uh, new performing arts center at uh, mckinney high school it's a beautiful facility and we had of course never been in it before never uh, she had gone in with a hard hat with the school board when it was under construction but um something very special happened that night and we had no idea it was coming and even our kids didn't but it was named for her because of her support of the fine arts in this town. And uh, so to see these orchestras perform is just really, really wonderful, and, and Lynn has had a big hand in that, so bless her. Let's go to John and Bowie. John, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you this morning? Yeah, this Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've, got right. a, I've got a pecan tree out here, and in the summer, some of the lower 
limbs kind of droop down lower than I like, and I want to trim them back. But with this warm weather we've been having, do I need to try and wait till cooler weather or go ahead and cut them? You know what? I have done it at all seasons. I don't know that it matters on pecans too much. Um, I would do it. I I like to prune in the winter time, especially if I already know my tree and or trees, which I do on my own property. But the the I have a tree service company that's a an advertiser on my local radio program, and I use them because I don't climb trees to prune, and they do. Uh, so they do all the pruning way up high, but but they do their pruning 12 months a year. I don't think there's any restriction on pruning pecans. Uh, I wouldn't do it right in the middle of the springtime, but but uh, now that you can see into the trees and, and see what you're doing, you know which ones are going to hang down low. The secret, John, there are a couple of secrets on pruning any tree. Uh, one is uh, to... Uh, 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 to be very careful in removing lower branches that you do it in the three-step uh, uh, technique. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does that, is that familiar? Yeah, I'll cut out from the out in and don't cut right at the tree till you get down to a short stub. There and you, you go. Let me, let me explain plus. to everybody else because you're right on target. Uh, anybody who's ever used sawhorses and cut a 2x4 or 2x6 knows what, what happens when you cut from the top down. You, it, the weight of the 2x4 will pull it down, and you have that stub sticking out. It always uh, uh, happens. When you do that to a branch, the weight of the branch will peel the bark all the way down the trunk, and that really can open up the tree for wounds. So what John was describing is exactly right. Let's say you have a, a branch that you need to remove, and let's say it's oh, three or four inches or bigger in diameter. You go out about 12 or 15 inches, uh, we'll say 15 or 16 inches out from the trunk, and you cut up from beneath uh, maybe uh, a fourth to a third of the way up into that branch. You don't go f- very far because your saw blade will bind, but maybe maybe a third of the way in. Then you go out farther a couple of inches and cut from the top down all the way through, and then the branch will fall, and it will peel, but it will only peel back to your undercut. And then you can go back virtually flush with the trunk and prune the, the stub off, and, and there won't be enough weight to, to cause any ripping on the, on the main trunk. And that's the three-step approach to pruning. Actually, if you were uh, 8 or 12 inches out, you'd be fine. You don't want that, that log that you're leaving for the last cut to be very heavy. But that's exactly right. And, and no pruning paint is needed, John, so uh, you do that and you're good to go. So I would, I would do that, and you always start at the bottom and work your way up and don't prune, um, don't climb a ladder to do it. Get somebody else if, if, if you have to go higher all right we'll get her done then yeah this is the time because you can see so easily now and, and if if some of the branches if you get a big pecan crop and they weight down it's okay to do some pruning in the summer it, it won't hurt it did i cover everything oh. i feel like i uh, gave you a sermon you, you asked us you've got her. i gave you a sermon <laughs> thanks for calling <laughs> I, I appreciate it have a good day in Bowie. All right, let's go to Perry in College Station. Perry, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I hear you. It's a little distant, but I do hear you. 
Sounds like you're underwater. How can I help you? Goodness, better send the EMS people out. Sounds like he is underwater. Jared, did he tell you what he wanted to know about crepe myrtles? All right, let's uh, put him back on hold, see if we can resurrect the call. We'll go to Michelle in College Station. Michelle, this is Neil. Good morning. Hi, how are you doing? I am very, oh, thank, good. Um, The local grocery store is selling avocado trees, Mm -hmm. and I was wondering what you thought about growing them in containers. Are they a good deal, or should I just forget about it? No, buy your avocados. Avocado trees are large when they're bearing fruit. They they would fill your living room, uh, unless you have a big conservatory somewhere on a big mansion. Uh, they're not for not for home gardening. Oh, they was that, aren't. Was so. that blunt? <laughs> was that blunt? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I. But you know, I just to tell you the truth, I feel so sorry for them when I walk by them to go grocery shopping like nobody is caring for them so that, well and that's probably the case and when you get them home and you water it and you say i love you little avocado tree and then three days later it drops its leaves because they didn't water it then then you're left to take it back and get your money back they should not be selling them in college station they really should okay be. well well thank you for your information i appreciate it i'm sorry it's disappointing but it was an honest and and helpful answer anyway thanks for the call michelle have a good day oh. bye-bye Bye. all right jared you don't know what perry was going to ask on his crepe myrtle question no okay more about pruning yeah don't ever top any crepe myrtle you know what i'll, I'll go ahead and expand on that a little bit because uh, my good friend dr gary knox at the university of florida who is a a, a highly respected expert on crepe myrtles um, has done research years ago. I was going to do some looking to see if I could find that research, but Gary found that in his research that that topping a crepe myrtle there are several things uh, that that he has discovered, and they do it in, in Florida too. It's just it's a nationwide idiocy, and I, there's no other word for it. It's monkey see, monkey do kind of a thing. Um, but anyway, to my point. It does not increase the, it it does not make them bloom better. In fact, it delays the first bloom. If you don't top a crepe myrtle, it will bloom uh, probably six or eight weeks earlier than one that has been topped. Uh, Topped crepe myrtles have those long, bizarre branches that shoot out, and and the, the flower heads that form are huge, you say, well, I love big flower heads. Well, but they pull the, the, the weight of them pulls those supple branches down, sometimes all, all the way to the ground, and they, they just look bizarre. And then in the winter, look how ugly they are. They're just nubs. They look like they've been deformed by hacky pruning. Hey, they have been. Um, then there are the people who say, uh, well, it was getting too tall. Well, I say, hey, you picked the wrong variety. There's a crepe myrtle for every size need. We have about 150 named varieties of crepe myrtles in the nursery industry. We have a park in McKinney in which we're trying to plant every known variety of crepe myrtle side by side to demonstrate that. We've worked very hard at it for about 10 years now. And um, the, the fact is there are some crepe myrtles that never grow more than two to three or four feet tall. So if you have one that's too too tall, take it out. 
don't prune it back. Take it out and replace it with a shorter variety. There's some beautiful varieties that never get more than 10 or 12 feet tall. Use those instead and either move it or remove it, and you'll be so much better off, and so will the cray myrtle. And this is the time to move them. If you have one, I'll tell you what to do if you have a crepe myrtle that has been topped and you're trying to make amends or try to correct somebody else's pruning error. And I'll tell you how to do that uh, after we get our last break and we have a call from Emil uh, also we'll get to. Let me tell you about my website. It's neilsperrys.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find a very special offer there on my latest book. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. And this is the book that I self-published. It's not in stores and not on Amazon. You have to go to uh, my website to, uh, to get it. And uh, that's uh, something I hope you will do. Uh, and, and you can get a lot of information about the book there on my website. Also on my website, that's the place you sign up for Neil Sperry's eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. You also will find my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions on my website. And it also is where I have archived information on rose, rosette virus, and on crepe myrtle bark scale, and a lot of other things as well. So I think you'll find that the website is a very useful tool. I hope you'll uh, bookmark it and refer to it often. That's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Why would you want to pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own your own Mueller Building. Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable and they offer a permanent storage solution right in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Get a free customized building estimate. And while you're there, click on the color selector tool. It makes choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Mueller Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means steel buildings for permanent storage. More after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you. I guess Emil was just looking for contact information to get my book, and it's uh, at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, or 800-752-GROW. Let's go back to the phone lines. We uh, have gotten another call back from Perry in, uh, I believe, College Station. Perry, this is Neil. You there now? All right, Neil. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You're barely there. Go ahead and ask your question quickly. I can barely hear you. Ask your question quickly, please. I can't shout. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, goodness gracious. That may be the worst phone connection I've ever had. Um, 
You know what I'm going to suggest? He can probably hear on the radio. Uh, I wrote almost all of the verbiage that is on this website, crapemyrtletrails.org, C-R-A-P-E, myrtletrails.org. That's the crepe, That's the website of our Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney Foundation. And there's a, all the information that you could possibly want on um, how to care for crepe myrtles, how to choose them, the 100 25 varieties, the best of those varieties, how to deal with the crepe myrtle that has been topped. You cut it to the ground and you retrain it as a, as a tree the way it should be trained um, in the first place. It's all shown with photos there at crepemyrtletrails.org, C-R-A-P-E. Hey, thanks for listening today. I've enjoyed it. Jared Taylor, great job. Happy gardening.